Nation, thanks again for circling back for another episode of Bass Edge Radio, brought to you by MegaWare Keelguard. Speaking of Keelguard, uh-huh. the hold music when calling their office is the Bass Edge Radio podcast. So if you can't download it on iTunes or visit <laughs> BassEdge.com, just give MegaWare Keelguard a call, ask them to put you on hold, and you will be tuned in to one of the latest episodes of Bass Edge Radio. Whoa, 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 that's a little scary, but <laughs> already 2016, we're breaking new barriers that is fantastic let's break some more barriers bass edge radio begins now you know the importance of protecting your investments so why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat grinding sand abrasive rocks and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology keel guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour providing the most dependable most trusted keel protection for your boat guaranteed for life so give your boat the performance edge put on the protection the pros pick keel guard keel protectors Patented in 2000, perfected over years of testing and real-world punishment, the PowerPole is the ultimate shallow-water boat positioning tool. Swift, PowerPole deploys in seconds from anywhere in your boat. Virtually silent, PowerPole won't spook wary fish. Secure in strong currents or gusting winds in up to 8 feet of water. Engineered to take it with a lifetime unconditional replacement guarantee on the spike. PowerPole, swift, silent, secure. Visit PowerPole.com to find a dealer near you. Bass Edge Radio. Commence broadcast in three, two, one. You're listening to The Edge. Everything bass fishing. Coming to you nationwide from the Bass Edge Studios. Well, here we are, mid-January. Aaron, do you have your tree, your Christmas tree put up yet? Because I know that you're a busy guy. Are you one of those guys that waits till like February to get all that stuff put away or what? What's the situation? What have you been up to? Oh, no, no. It's it's down. It's, yeah, for sure. Um, that's that's kind of in the, the rear view mirror looking back. But uh, I have actually been up to booking lodging for the upcoming season, uh, fishing the Central Pro Elites as, as always, sticking with uh, what's going on there. But the other thing I tell you, Kurt, you know, cabin fever, it's cold. We had kind of that warm spell in December, and then January's turned off a little cooler, as it should be. So I'm kind of checking into doing some fishing with a hair jig, going way back in the archives, I guess, trying to figure out on some of these clear water reservoirs that I'm going to be visiting, trying to introduce that back into my arsenal like I used to. And I'm doing that, believe it or not, through, I know you've heard us mention it a lot of times here, Bass Gold, you know, checking out patterns, just doing a lot of that online research, what has won tournaments, what has it taken, what are the top patterns, and and then compiling that with kind of the Google Earth and looking at the lake levels when they're lower for any structure. And then certainly going over to the Lawrence Electronics and transferring everything that I learned on those two systems over to areas that I want to look at in practice. What about you, Kurt? What's going on with you? What do you got on the docket for 2016? I'm doing some of the same stuff because I'm going to several new venues this year. Also changing my organizational structure just a slight bit. I am uh, going to be fishing the uh, FLW 
were. <laughs> well, I am an S Corp and have been for many years. <laughs> but uh, really where I'm talking about is my competitive fishing. I'm going to be fishing the FLW Tour this year. Really? Um, Fantastic. I yeah, I'm excited to uh, change that up a little bit. Some of it by need, some of it by process of elimination. But either way, we're going to fish the FLW Tour in 2016. Still fishing some bass events. We're going to do the Bass Northern Opens. And then my personal favorite, the uh, Major League Fishing Events. Going to be uh, sticking with those and keeping those going. So, man, I'm on a big event schedule this year. I think I've got uh, 11 or 12 total events before adding in any kind of championships and additional things that will come up throughout the year. So, uh, boy, it's been crazy just getting my calendar together. That's kind of what's been rocking in my world. So it's freaking nuts. I was going <laughs> to say, I don't see how, you know, when you throw in the tour events and then certainly the BASS events that you're doing. And then, of course, like you said, the favorite with the Major League Fishing, they keep you obviously extremely busy there. When are you going to show some love to Bass Edge? I don't know about you listeners, but I didn't hear any mention of, hey, I'm looking forward to hosting Bass well, Edge. or Always. Well, okay. th- you know, those are those things that, you know, those aren't those week-long events. Oh, that's the those. staple. Okay. Yeah, those are the staples. You know, so many things, you know, I do a kids camp every summer. We've already started scheduling and, and uh, working to uh, get logistics set up for that. Of course, like you mentioned, Bass Edge twice a month. I mean, it just goes on and on and on. It never really stops. Uh, we've been doing the Pro Bass class the last several years with James Niggemeyer and a few other fellow professional anglers to uh, hopefully stretch some education to uh, the rest of the folks out there on different bodies of water throughout the country. So, uh, but I tell you, the promotional aspect never ends. The work part never ends. The competition part never ends. It, it's just one thing after another. And if you don't have your ducks in a row starting the year, you can get behind the eight ball really quick. And I'm looking forward to 2016. It's already here. It's begun. And uh, I'm ready to tackle it big time. Well, speaking of education and beginnings, let's get our education started for today's episode as we have a veteran, not only of fishing, but certainly in the education realm of telling us how to do it better. And that is our angler spotlight for this episode, Mr. Russ Lane. Two fishermen came together with one agenda to construct bass boats superior in design and build with a flawless finish with our boats exhilarating handling and smooth ride extreme rough water just doesn't exist we're not just building a boat we're building a legend legend boats Continuing with our trend set in 2015, we have another awesome angler today for our second episode this year. This angler spotlight brings us longtime BASS Elite Series competitor Russ Lane to the mic. Welcome to Bass Edge, Russ. Hey, guys. It was great to be here. Russ, as always, it's great to have you here on Bass Edge Radio. And uh, quite honestly, it looks like 2016 is getting off to a great start for you. You know, in a couple months you'll be at your sixth Bassmasters Classic, which I'm sure never gets old hearing. But uh, you competed at the last one on Grand Lake in 2013. What do you kind of expect for this go-around? You know, that time of year in uh, Oklahoma and that Tulsa area, it's all about the weather. There's really nobody that can predict what's going to happen. You know, last time we were there at the beginning of practice, you know, it looked like the weatherman was predicting a warming trend throughout the tournament, and a lot of guys got hung up in that, including myself. 
myself. And there on the last day of practice, all of a sudden, the weather forecast went from warm, balmy conditions to blizzard conditions. And that resulted in a 46-degree water temp dropping down to 35 degrees at the first morning of blast off. It's all based on those weather conditions. And that's that touchy time of year where water temperature means so much to how fish position in those pre-spawn patterns. And I'm going to try not to get locked in at all in practice this time and just make sure that I'm fishing with the conditions and knowing how the lake is laid out. Well, hey, Rush, you mentioned practicing and kind of getting ready. I noticed on some of your social media accounts that you're able to spend some time back on Grand in December. Can you explain to the listeners your approach to practice and your expectations of them when you're scouting that far ahead of a tournament? For the classic, you know, being that our off-limits is so far out, you know, our regular elite series tournament, free practice is, is 30 days, you know, out. So you can get a little bit closer to actual conditions and you might, you know, fish a little bit and know that when you get back, those fish may not be doing exactly the same thing, but they'll be one phase away probably from where you found them before that 30-day off-limits. But with a three-month off-limits, you really don't want to fish too much. Or Myself, I don't. I like to graph around. I like to use those Garmin electronics that I've gotten so used to now and graph around and find little rock piles and bush piles and just anything that I call like sneaky stuff that the fish might get on that might get overlooked and just make sure that I know the lay of the playing field and know how it's all laid out and that way when I do get on a little pattern I know where to go to duplicate it and I can run around and cover water a lot more effectively. Well speaking of the social media you know Bass Blaster is kind of one of our media partners that I really enjoy reading and Rumor has it, according to uh, kind of what I saw, you maybe got on a, a pattern of a different species down there with the big hybrid. Is, is that <laughs> any truth to that there, Russ? Yeah, it was. Um, actually, uh, Michael Neal is a good buddy of mine that fishes the FLW Tour. He's a young guy. He has speaking right out there with me during pre-practice because, you know, he's not married or anything. So he was a little bored, and I was like, heck yeah, come on. So anyway, I felt kind of bad after a couple of days because we really hadn't fished any. And uh, actually, we pulled up this point was graphing and and some fish come up blowing up and, and I said that looks like stripes so we pulled out a rod and started throwing and uh, we caught a couple you know just regular size hybrid and then I caught one that was uh, it was unbelievable I've never seen a hybrid bass this big and we didn't have any scales in the boat but we both agreed that it probably weighed somewhere between 20 and 22 pounds somewhere between huge. a Volkswagen and a school bus huh yeah yeah so if you guys get a chance go on uh, one of my social media pages and look at it but then we get back to the room that night, and we're, Michael said, man, that's the biggest one I've ever seen. I was like, me too. And uh, he looks up what the state record was, and the state record was 22 pounds. So, you know, we were like, we felt kind of stupid then. We wish we had some scales and could have weighed it. So I could have been the king hybrid guy of Grand Lake. <laughs> <laughs> that would have been a great news story headed into the Classic, no doubt. You might have, might have had some, uh, even some more media yeah. coverage. But uh, you, you'll probably get a little yeah. bit. Bass Blaster's a great social media platform, and a lot of people get a lot of information on it. So it was great that Jay Kumar was able to shed that light on uh, some fun you hear. Trying to relieve some saddle sores, catching some big hybrid. <laughs> That's pretty cool. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, it was it was a good break from miling around and looking so much. <laughs> well, before we leave the topic of practice and pre-practice, you know, how important to your success are those practice days that are, are leading up to the actual event? And, you know, how will you attack those differently than the days that you spent there, you know, 
in December, like we were just kind of joking about, you know, with the hybrids and the graphing and, and you know, things like that. Can you kind of disseminate between the two? You know, again, it's all based on, you know, weather patterns or conditions or what I think is going to happen during that week. The, the thing about these late wintertime classics is I've had a couple of good ones and I've had a couple of bad ones since they went to that. But the thing that I've noticed is whatever's going on that week before in that three-day practice, you can pretty much count on it's going to change when that tournament starts. Because that time of year, you've got these three-day fronts that roll through constantly and they never stop. It's like there's no such thing as an eight or ten-day stable period of weather that time of year. So you really got to be open-minded. And the thing that I've tried to tell myself that time of year is if I get on a little pre-spawn deal, something's going to change, but they're only going to take one step forward or one step back. And I think that's the best way for me to simplify it. Like if I get on a jerk bait deal on a bluff ends and all of a sudden the weather stables out and it gets a little bit warmer and the temperature raises, those fish might slide to the outside of those bluff ends and get on that flat point. Or if you get a big, nasty cold front and water temperature drops, they'll get away from that point and slide on back down to the deepest side of that bluff. So it's just a one-step move. And if you can kind of keep it that simple, I think that's the way to try to stay on the fish that you found, you know, the week before in practice. So that's pretty much your key there on those days is really finding a group of fish or a couple groups of fish that you can then follow as the event progresses, I guess. Right. And finding the fish that if conditions change, and they will, that they have a place to move. Like if I went way back in the back of a flat creek and it's two foot of water, you know, for several hundred yards and there's fish back there and all of a sudden we get slammed by a nasty cold front and that water drops 10 or 15 degrees. Those fish don't have nowhere to go. You know, it's going to be really hard to stay on those fish. But if you can find fish that come here close to deep water, your odds of staying on them under changing conditions are a lot better. But with that said, if you can time it right, those fish that are on those flat places, you may not really find them in practice, kind of like the Louisiana Delta Classic. Nobody found those fish in practice on that big flat over in Catawachi Creek. But when those conditions turned and that weather got stable, that place exploded during the tournament. And we right. saw it unfold right in front of our eyes. You can possibly win a tournament like that, but you got to have nerves of steel because you probably didn't find that in practice. <laughs> right, yeah. And if somebody had found that all themselves, they would have blown the whole thing away. But instead, they had five or six guys over there beating on them, and a few guys were doing well, and Van Dam took the title. That's a great example, That's right. man. That's good stuff. Russ, man, I hope you have an awesome term. Sounds like strategically you're ready to go, really mentally prepared. You know, this is your sixth time. And looking at the big picture and a quick glimpse of your overall BASS record, you've had some really, really good years. You know, obviously qualifying six classics in 2010. You had a top 10 AOI finish. Then you've had some of those middle of the pack years. Are you adjusting your game to try to achieve a more high level consistency? And if so, what is it that an angler like yourself, who's already super successful, what are you trying to tweak to get to that next level? You know, I'm always trying to make adjustments in my approaches and baits that I have confidence in, techniques and stuff. The way I see it, there's always this curve and trends that happen. And you want to try to stay on the front side of that curve to keep up with everything. I had some really good years just running around and cranking, you know, deep places and finding offshore schools of fish. And I 
kind of fell behind that curve. And there's a couple other guys, big name guys, that kind of fell behind that curve. All of a sudden, before we realized it, the whole field was good at finding that stuff. And those little sneaky schools that we would find, now we're sharing them with people. So now things might, you know, evolve back to guys that do more power fishing around the banks. And then those guys that are stuck out on those ledges and humps and stuff, they may evolve to the bank and then the curve changes again. And sometimes I feel like I get on a roll and then the curve catches up with me, if that makes any sense. I'm trying to be conscious to stay in front of that and make sure that I'm on the forefront of trends and patterns and cutting edge baits and all that stuff and just try to stay in front of everybody and not just follow what happens, you know, in previous tournaments. All right, quickly, Russ, before we head to break, if you could pick a uh, venue this year for 2016 to win, which one would it be and why? You know, I kind of like Wheeler. You know, I would rather be there when the fish actually were out, but that's a place, the Tennessee River, those fish travel in big schools, and even though being in uh, April, those fish may be shallow, there's still going to be a couple areas where there's going to be big schools, a big concentration of fish, and I really like to find that scenario. That way I can put the trolling motor down and stay in an area and not have to jump around a lot and keep up with what they're doing during the week. But, you know, I, I have a lot of confidence in fishing the Tennessee River, and, and Wheeler is one of my favorite ones, so I am looking forward to that. There you go, fantasy bass lovers there. <laughs> you got to pick Russ Lane for Wheeler coming up there in <laughs> 2016, and hopefully a lot of other places, of course. But, hey, we're going to take a quick break from the action here. Bass Edge Radio will return in a moment with Russ Lane. Sign up to become an O'Reilly O Rewards member today and start earning instantly. O Rewards members earn $5 back for every $150 they spend, so if you haven't become a member yet, what are you waiting for? It's fast, easy, and free. O Rewards, it's your road to exclusive offers only at O'Reilly Auto Parts. Better parts, better prices every day. See store for details. O'Reilly Auto Parts. Bass Edge returns with BASS elite angler Russ Lane in our Angler Spotlight, brought to you in part by MegaWare KeelGuard. Protect your boat from harmful rocks and road debris. Visit them at KeelGuard.com. Russ, we often hear about lure modifications, but not quite as much about rods and reels and, and other kind of custom outfits. You know, you hear about people making custom rods, of course, but uh, you've obtained a few partnerships with sponsors the last couple of years that can kind of help you achieve some unique equipment. Can you explain those to our listeners? You know, first off, like uh, this company called Hogtech that I've partnered up with, great couple guys. I mean, they're really smart guys. They're in the tech industry, and Hogtech is a not necessarily a hobby, but it's uh, a business that they started out of their love for fishing. And those guys are from down in South Florida, and they're big-time flippers, and they do really good on Okeechobee and the Everglades. And they, you know, had a bunch of reels that they used for flipping, but they were never satisfied with the handles that they were using because they're trying to pull eight and ten pounders out of, you know, matted grass and stuff. So <laughs> yeah. those guys actually figured out how to make a carbon fiber handle. It's called the hog handle. And, you know, they put it on their reels, and it gives them a lot more leverage and it lightens up the reels and that turned into a success then they started wanting to tweak their reels even more and they developed a ceramic bearing for lots of different brands of reels that are super nice you know, I don't have a real sponsor, and I've been using uh, Shimano Curados for the last probably three years. I've been using the same ones, and I put those hog handles on there, 
and uh, put the ceramic bands in it. And now you got a $150 reel for just a little bit extra money and some upgrades. It feels like a $300 reel. Those reels are still going good for me. I'm going to use them again this year. You know, nice. it'll be four years. Of you. you know, that deal's been really nice and fun to play with. And also, Wynn Fishing Grips. Wynn is a huge name in the golf industry. You know, when you think of golf grips and, you know, re-gripping golf clubs and stuff, Wynn is the name that comes to mind. And uh, they actually approached me because they wanted to see if there was a market for them to make a better grip for fishing rods and I didn't realize it at the time until they sent me some of their stuff and I put them on some of my castaway skeletons especially the ones that were older where the grips were well and it's amazing what a difference those grips can make they lighten up your rod they reduce fatigue in your hands because you don't have to grip the rod near as hard it's a super soft grip and they're really really nice really easy to apply and uh, let's say like after a week of casting and fishing I just feel like I don't have to grip the rod near as hard and it's a whole lot less fatigue in my hands. Yeah, those two companies have really come on board and helped me a lot, and they got some great products. Now, Russ, there's no chance that, that Wind Grips contacted you just because they saw some of your footage back in 2010, is there? Yeah, that was- <laughs> yeah that's right. Actually, if I would have had that grip, maybe I wouldn't have lost that ride to that fell spotted bass on Lake Jordan. <laughs> that's right. So, so for listeners that don't know, yeah. Russ was fishing in the AOY. I think it was at that time, it was like 12 anglers competing down there. I think it was on Jordan Lake, and uh, Russ gets this fish on right next to the dam, and he's fighting this fish, and <laughs> soup, there goes the rod, right? <laughs> lost the fish, lost yep. the rod, lost the whole thing, but but that'll never happen again, right, Russ? No, it'll never happen again. <laughs> <laughs> Russ, you know, it seems like every couple of years we, uh, in, in the fishing industry, you know, something revolutionizes, whether it's a technique or, or a bait or a trend or something along those lines. When you look into your uh, crystal ball, let's say, for 2016. Do you see any of those trends or techniques that's coming about and developing for 2016? You know, I'm not sure on any kind of specifics, but I definitely think more shallow water big, like really big profile baits seem to be the trend. Um, there's some guys that have done well last year, not necessarily getting a lot of bites, but catching one or two key fish in a tournament on some of these ultra-large swim baits, like the glide baits. And I'm starting to play with those things a little bit, and uh, it's amazing how realistic some of those things look. And uh, you can go throw them all day long. I'm talking about a 10-inch glide bait. You may not get more than two or three bites, but gosh, you're sure going to weigh them in. They, they seem to be big ones. I actually see a spinnerbait coming back. I had a really good event at the Chesapeake last year on a spinnerbait. I caught some fish on a spinnerbait in a couple of other tournaments. Um, Aaron Martin, he absolutely destroyed them on a spinnerbait last year in several tournaments. And then we've got some events coming up this year where a spinnerbait could be a player. And I, and I know that sounds old school, but, you know, it's people think that fish don't buy the spinnerbait anymore, and that's just not true. It's just because we haven't lined up the conditions, you know, that we're good for. But, you know, I could really see a spinnerbait being a big player this coming season. You bet. Well, history always tends to repeat itself in some way, shape, or form. As fashion goes around, so do lures. So yeah. uh, everybody's got to watch yeah. out. Maybe uh, get some new spinnerbaits and throw them in their tackle box for 2016. That's great advice. Real quick, breaking down some uh, winter fishing patterns for anglers that are gearing up to hit the water in these kind of chillier temperatures. It's been a little warmer this winter than winters have passed. And Russ, what are you looking for in mid-January to get some stretch in your line? You know, in mid-January, you know, I'm down here in central Alabama, um, Lake Martin, all the Coosa River lakes, the Alabama River, and the, and the water is in that 49 to 
52 degree range, and I know that's actually warmer than it is in most parts of the country. But rock and channel swings and bluff ends, that's basically what I try to key on this time of year. The big spotted bass on the Coosa River, they really like to be in current this time of year. I'll use bigger baits for them than most people would think so because the water is usually dingy here. Like a Spro Fat Pop 70, it's a bigger crankbait that I designed for Spro. And I'll throw it on these bluff ends and a gravel places out in the current. And I'll actually reel it really slow, you know, just kind of, you know, grind along the bottom, but, you know, stop and go over trees. And then also cast them a jig. I like a Buckeye mop jig a lot this time of year. You know, you don't get a lot of bites, but you're not going to get a whole lot of bites anyway for the most part. But if you can get bites on that big mop jig and that uh, big crankbait, usually they're going to be really good ones. That was a perfect transition right into uh, our O'Reilly Auto Parts Better Parts, Better Prices Everyday Listener Question segment. Russ, this question comes from Joe Arnold out of Missouri. Joe wants to know, why is it important to fish creek channel swings in the winter more than any other time of year? You know, and I do agree with that. It goes back to what I said earlier about those weather patterns this time of year. You know, every three or four days, you've got a front that's coming through, and uh, those fronts will make drastic changes in water temperature and conditions. And those fish, you know, they're already in cool water, and their metabolism is real slow. Kind of like if you've ever seen an old alligator down south on a really cold day, you can't really make him move because he's a cold-blooded creature just like a bass is. And that bass, he's going to stay on a lot of vertical structure, not just bluff walls. They'll suspend on uh, like deep dock poles or standing timber out in the middle of the lake. And, you know, when the conditions stable out like they'll do every third or fourth day, they'll rise up vertically and they'll, and they'll use that sun to warm their body up and they'll feed a little bit. But when those fronts come through and they bust that water temperature back down, those fish just want to sink back down and get back down there to a little bit warmer, comfortable water. And they do that, I feel, because it's a lot easier than swimming off two or three hundred yards, you know, if they were up in a shallow flat to try to find deep water. They're just not going to do that that time of year because their metabolism is so low. So not just bluff ends, but vertical types of cover and structure are really a good choice to look for in mid-January and on through the pre-fall. Can you comment just quickly, Russ, on kind of your favorite uh, approach or bait to kind of tackle those channel swings with that time of year? Water clarity is going to make a big uh, decision on that. Suspending jerk baits, working them real slow. Like a, I use a Spro stick a lot. Uh, Mike McClellan's probably one of the best cold water jerk bait fishermen that we have, and he designed that bait. So, you know, I totally trust it. But just working it real slow, giving it a few little twitches and a long pause, you know, five or ten seconds. Spro Fat Papa 55 is a smaller crankbait. Uh, it does real good as far as getting more bites and also working it real slow. And, and then back to that mop jig, too. I, I got a lot of confidence in that thing. Just working it real slow on that vertical cover. Well, uh, being from Missouri myself, I can assure you that that was right in the wheelhouse because I'm sure Joe Arnold fishes uh, Lake of the Ozarks, which is one of the, in my opinion, best jerkbait lakes, certainly in the state. So, Russ, hey, thanks a lot for tackling Joe's question. Joe, be sure to email us here at Bass Edge via support at BassEdge.com and let us know you heard your question answered on the show and we will send out that O'Reilly Auto Parts gift card. And definitely a reminder to the rest of the Bass Edge listeners, send in your questions to possibly win the next gift 
card. Of course, we want to hear your feedback on the show as well. Email us again, support at BassEdge.com or leave us a comment through our Facebook or Twitter pages. Well, Russ, it has certainly been a pleasure having you with us here on Bass Edge Radio. Any closing thoughts for the Bass Edge Nation? Oh, man, I'm just really excited about this year. It's been a long break. I'm just looking forward to getting that classic going and having a really good year. And, and I hope you guys following us on my social media pages and I'll try to keep my post up and keep you up to date on what's going on in my world. That's great stuff, Russ. Appreciate you being here. Have a great season. Surely we're going to see each other on the road or on the water somewhere. Bass Edge will be right back. This is Major League Fishing Pro Angler, James Watson. Hang tight for more Bass Edge Radio with Aaron and Kurt. Now you can order Bass Edge Season 3 on DVD. Own the best resource for tips and techniques in bass fishing as host Aaron Martin tackles lakes across the country with the industry's top pro anglers, including Denny Brower, Boyd Duckett, Randy Howell, and Dave Wolak. This two-disc set includes all 13 episodes. That's over 10 hours of Bass Edge, including interviews, bloopers, and highlights, all for just $19.95. Order online at BassEdge.com. And be sure to check out previously released DVDs like Bass Edge Seasons 1 and 2 and Electronics 101. Bass Edge, Season 3, now on DVD at BassEdge.com. A lot of fun there talking with Mr. Russ Lane. And just so everybody knows, don't be confused. He's not part of the other Lane gang. Bobby and Chris and Arnie. Russ is doing his own thing. He's not part of that gang. So uh, Russ Lane bringing the goods, Aaron. I got to say real quickly, it was really interesting to talk a little bit about that classic practice and, and how he's vamping up. And and even though the official practice is a little closer to the event, he deals with a lot of the same things things weekend anglers deal with and that that is those gaps between the days of official practice and the event because he talks about those weather paddings changing so much early in the season that is right and i loved his three-day analogy and certainly in the midwest uh, you know i'm not that far removed from grand lake but man he could not have been more accurate on how quickly that can change and nothing really lasts longer than those three-day weather patterns and the other thing i thought that was really good kurt i don't know how many people People has actually tried to go out and just do nothing but use their sonar or side scan, you know, with those Lorance electronics. But that is very hard to do. And about the only way that I can make that happen is to take all my rods out of the boat. <laughs> but to do yeah. that for three days in a row, you know, it sounds like to me they didn't get a lot of fishing done, but hopefully that pays dividends come the classic. I think it probably will. Russ is very diverse. You heard him talk a little bit about some places that he thinks he's going to do well. One of those, you know, being Wheeler Lake this year, and that's going to be a shallow water fishery but at the same time he really likes things when like he explicitly said and when it's outside and and that's when he's able to throw those deep crankbaits kind of get offshore a little bit find those little sweet spots whether it's you know brush pile rock piles ledges you know those structure areas that are associated with cover so that he can really follow those fish one other really important thing i'd like to highlight about this interview was he's finding areas that he can capitalize on if fish move move. So he's looking one step ahead or behind. So when he finds fish, he's already looking for where they might possibly move up or move back based on a particular weather scenario. So I thought strategically, Russ is primed for some big things. I'm hoping to see that in the 2019s. 
2016 Bassmaster Classic. No doubt, and I'm pretty confident that you will, and certainly those traffic patterns and, and where those bass congregate and hang out, kind of like predicting humans, you know, if there's a, an intersection or an overpass, chances are there's going to be a gas station or a restaurant, and I think that's... Or if there's a Mexican restaurant nearby, certainly you will find Aaron Martin. That's right. They call me <laughs> Martinez. <laughs> Vamanos, muchachos. <laughs> so, but uh, a great, great episode, and uh, thanks to Russ, and certainly thank you, the listener, for tuning in. Kurt, consider this your early warning so that I don't have to cover you for next year. As of the next episode, it will be February 1st, which puts us only two weeks away from Valentine's Day, so please don't make me have to cash in my gift certificates and uh, send that to Rhonda and act like it was from you, so you know, <laughs> set your little calendar reminder on your iPhone, get that done, and it'll go a long ways, I promise you. But unfortunately, we are out of time for episode number 224. That is a wrap for Kurt Dove. I am Aaron Martin and the rest of the Bass Edge crew wishing you a great couple weeks and we will see you for episode 225. So long, everybody. You know the importance of protecting your investments. So why use anything other than the toughest keel protector for your boat? Grinding sand, abrasive rocks, and concrete ramps are no match for our patented technology. Keel Guard keel protectors are made tough and made to stick. Their do-it-yourself installation takes less than an hour, providing the most dependable, most trusted keel protection for your boat, guaranteed for life. So give your boat the performance edge. Put on the protection the pros pick. Keel Guard keel protectors. The Edge is presented by KeelGuard. For more information on Bass Edge or to shop at the Bass Edge online store, visit BassEdge.com. And be sure to join Kurt Dove and Aaron Martin right here on another episode of The Edge. Brought to you in part by Legend Boats, O'Reilly Auto Parts, Mercury Marine, Lowrance, PowerPole, and Rapaholic.com.